Blog Talk Radio.
got the uh, audio issues worked out here. We'll put a quick stop to uh, Michael Jackson. Um, chat room, can you hear me? Did I manage to work out the audio issues? Anybody, anybody? If you can hear me. Oh, ah, cool. First, thank you very much. Well, welcome to Third Rail Radio. Um, my little buddy, Dalek, uh, got tied up with something last second, so I am uh, running the board and um, and doing the uh, doing the talking. And uh, once again, Glenn and uh, Rebel, all the hosts who do both of those things all the time, uh, Jesus Christ, I can barely pat my head and rub my belly in a circle at the same time. Um, so salute. Uh, I'm thrilled about tonight's show. Um, have one of one of my favorite uh, people on that on, on that I've met on the internet um, for a variety of reasons coming on tonight. Uh, Josh Clavelli, um, Absalon version two, um, who uh, is part of the PayPal 14, um, and uh, recently returned from um, Germany, where he and Mercedes gave a lecture on. Um, on what on the the ordeal that they had uh that they have experienced um the overreach of uh the american uh, legal system um and uh you know sort of how um it all went down and and where they are now on the other side of it um it's an excellent lecture um i i will post it again in the chat um but it goes into a lot of uh a lot of details that have uh been you know not not really covered before so great job uh josh and i'm gonna go ahead and bring josh on here um let's see if i get the right one i'm gonna i'm gonna greetings welcome to third rail radio is this shadow or uh or absalom hello you can hear me yeah this is How are you? What's going on, man? I thought so. I picked the right one. I'm doing great, man. It's great to hear your voice. It's uh, it's great to have you on the show. Sorry for the little bit of uh, audio trouble there at the beginning. Um, but uh, as I was just sharing with the audience, um, I, I, I took a, a pretty good look at uh, listen and, and look at the lecture that you and Mercedes uh, did in um, in Germany um first question who was the audience um there in germany um they seemed they seemed really pro paypal 14 pro freedom of speech um it was a good crowd to to deliver that sort of lecture to no oh yeah most definitely uh the crowd was from uh 31c3 uh which is the chaos computer congress that the chaos computer club holds uh every year um, Excellent. So yeah, they were they were all very technological minded. A lot of them uh, very open source, open internet, freedom of information kind of people. So it was very awesome. And they, ha I guess, they also have the added sort of uh, uh, poke in the eye of uh, Angela Merkel's uh, personal communications being uh, tapped by our our national security apparatus. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm sure that even gives them a little more incentive to, uh, um, 
you know, cheer cheer what you guys did on, and for good reason, um, respected, and also, um, you know, and also kind of just resist uh, this tentacle-like reach of um, of our security, the Western world security apparatus. I guess it's the net is broader than than just the United States with the uh, um, inner workings of all the different global agencies working together. Um, is that the first time you've been able to speak with um, a little bit of uh, latitude uh, in public on, on the subject? I, I noticed uh, there were still a couple things um, that, that you guys had to tiptoe around. But, uh, you know, to hear both of you guys speak, like, with such candor um, and so honestly, um, I think it's re- that was really important. Um, you guys did a great job. Um, was that the first time you kind of got to get – stuff off your chest in a public forum like that? Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, we, you know, we talk on Twitter, if anybody follows us or whoever follows us and whatnot, and you can see what we'll say and what we'll do, but there's a lot of things we just weren't supposed to touch on or we weren't supposed to focus on um, regarding a lot of the things that happened during our case and a lot of things that happened during Operation Payback. I mean, anything that we would give up or anything that they could possibly link to us may have gotten us uh, more charges. So, yeah. Right on. So there's it's still a little bit of a thorny a thorny area to, uh, to speak what you really want to say, I, I bet. Um, more importantly, uh, Josh, you have um, quite a bundle on the way. Oh, yeah, most definitely. My daughter, Scarlett, will be here any day. I'm so excited. That is, <laughs> yeah, that is an incredible time in life, man. Congratulations. Uh, Thank, uh, you. Thank you. I'm fucking super happy for you, man. You're going to be a great dad, and uh, what an exciting time of life. And to come out of, um, you know, the ordeal that you just went through and then uh, to come out the other side and, and bear a new life, fucking well done, brother. Well, well done. Uh, I'm excited. How are you? Yeah. How How are you feeling in in terms of uh, of uh, you know your your day to day these these days? And an interesting thing I I was thinking about um, when I was watching that lecture. Um, you, I mean, both you and Mercedes did a great job. Um, but I could certainly see you, uh, you know, being a professor or, or uh, a teacher of some sort. Um, you looked really natural up there. Uh, the flow was, was really good. Um, some funny stuff uh, as well. So it was an entertaining lecture. Um, are, you, are you finding, like, some, um, you know, possible sort of, uh, career avenues, like as a silver lining, or opportunities as a silver lining to getting put through this rigmarole. Um, not nothing's materialized yet, but that doesn't mean things aren't happening. Um, well, in Germany, I've talked to a few companies in Germany who uh, have expressed interest in uh, me and a couple of the other PayPal 14 members. Um. So, you know, uh, things are things are day-to-day. I mean, right now I don't have uh, very much work. I'm working part-time with a, a small business owner doing some uh, installs of uh, 
AV equipment like audio or home theater type stuff or businesses that put up those obnoxious like sports bar, TVs everywhere kind of thing. Like I'll yeah. go and do some of that setup. But there's nothing concrete on that side. So I'm just, you know, networking with people and trying to get things working and all that good stuff. But right nothing on. concrete yet. It, it will happen, man. Um, it, it will definitely happen. Um, and, uh, you know, just to back it up a little bit, um, I mean, everybody in, in, in the chat room knows um, about the PayPal 14, but in case uh, we have some, some cats who listen to the archive um, and don't know, um, way, way back uh, 2011, and Josh, please correct me if I have any of the technical uh, facts wrong, but... Um, um, a group of individuals uh, in reaction to uh, the, the pay portal, uh, PayPal, um, no longer accepting donations um, for WikiLeaks amongst uh, other uh, um, sort of uh, investigative journalists and dump services. And in reaction um, to PayPal shutting WikiLeaks off, um, several people took it upon themselves to express uh, um, themselves through civil disobedience and um, uh, allegedly um, sent a DDoS, a distributed denial of service attack to uh, PayPal and knocked them off offline for a while. Um, and, uh, we, you know, we all we all talk and, and joke sometimes about DDoS and its effectiveness or its legitimacy as a as an action of civil disobedience. Um, and uh, I, I think uh, that, that you have to put uh, the time at, uh, when this took place into context and um, and just the context of what happened in general. And I think that, that the avenue after looking at what happened for a couple of years now, I think the avenue that, that um, the PayPal 14 and those that um, didn't join them through the legal legalese and, and um, our legal system, um, you know, took an approach that was a peaceful, um, a, a, a peaceful action of civil disobedience um, without any permanent damage um, with a uh, minor disruption to a huge network's uh, server, and I'm going to bring Shadow on if he's still around in a little bit. Maybe he can talk about servers and networks. Um, and knocked off, knocked PayPal down for a while, and uh, the feds essentially randomly traced um, IP addresses from where the uh, DDoS originated and I, you know, I don't know how they picked you 14, maybe out of a hat, um, but arrested 14 people uh, globally. Um, and uh, Josh was was one of those who was swept up in in um, in that overreach of our uh, of our law enforcement services. Um, and I I have, uh, like I've said before, I, I consider um, what. Uh, you guys did as sort of the opening salvo um, in um, in this uh, you know sort of in this battle to keep the internet the way we want to keep it um, to keep big big money out of the internet. Although I think it's too late for that. Um, on a side note, um, but uh, 
um, you know, a, a really worthy endeavor um, um, that, that benefits us all. And I find it unfortunate, um, you know, that this action had really at, at its um, at its core um, a very uh, beneficial motive, um, as opposed to somebody like Lizard Squad who is using DDoS as kind of a, um, a you know a prank um, uh, to irritate and piss people off, um, you know. So uh, again, Josh. Well, and this is definitely. Uh, what what you're Go saying ahead. about DDoS and all that other good stuff, uh, we actually had um, some very in-depth discussions with uh, quite a few people about DDoS and its legitimacy as a hack and its legitimacy as a protest and um, whether it's doing damage to networks or not. And, um, you know, none of, there was no consensus. I mean, we all had differing opinions on exactly what was going on, but the one thing I think we all could actually agree on is that each of these DDoSs needs to be taken into their own account. So what happened behind the scenes or what motivated these actions or what things were used and all that other good stuff, all the details, if you're going to prosecute people for DDoS, if you're going to go after people for DDoS, or even if you're going to look at it as, at, at it as a legitimate thing, the whole circumstance uh, needs to be uh, examined. So, you know, that was definitely a big thing coming out of Germany where you had people from literally all over the world coming to one spot and, you know, hearing all these different opinions on the thing. Um, one guy uh, sat there for, uh, sat with us for almost a half an hour telling us how much damage we do to networks just because we decided to DDoS stuff. And, at first, I was pissed off. Like, who do you think? Like, you're going to tell me I'm damaging this, that, and other stuff. But, like, I sat there and listened to him, and he just, like, it made sense the way he was saying it and the way, the logic that he was putting to it and all that other good stuff. And I guess, you know, I I didn't think of it that way. Not that I agreed with him, but it was a, it was another perspective that that is uh, very important, I think. So what what... What? Uh, how did he explain the damage that was like the permanent damage that was being done? Talking about um, taking a, or when you uh, drop services and things like that, you're overloading uh, servers. You're taking away bandwidth. You're um, um, he, he was and and the way he explained it was not our type of DDoS where we all use Loic and hit something, he was talking about more of a malware bot bot or botnet type of DDoS where other people's computers are being taken over. And okay, so he gotcha. sees damages also in that way. So and and I and I definitely see his point in that. Um I definitely understand the zombie, you know, botnet setup and all that. So and I can see how that could that could be damaging. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and, but, I mean, he makes a, an important distinction, right? Like, uh, you know, taking over individual computers and, and turning them into zombie computers to then um, uh, perpetrate, you know, DDoS or other uh, uh, malicious, um, you know, cyber activities, um, that, that is a different animal. Um, 
in, at least in my sort of nascent understanding of the, of the computer science world, um, that, that that is a different animal. And I, I, I guess you could equate it, um, you know, to, to, to people out in the streets protesting because uh, an unarmed civilian was, was shot dead by a police officer um, and people rioting after a sporting event. Um, um, you know, well, it, 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 go ahead. I want to, I want to look at um, Canadian Glenn's question about damage being part of the purpose. And in my eyes and in our action, I thought that it seemed like it was more of a stand in front of a building and don't let services go through sort of situation where I look at something like Lizard Squad or the Lizard Stressor as something that's there to smash stuff, to just break things up. Although they, they do technically the same thing, it just seems like the motivation and the actions are different. Yeah, definitely. And like so, you said, and I, I think that, that like the motivations uh, and the actual process like does need to be taken into consideration on an individual basis because I think what you guys did, at least to me, um, was standing in front of a building, blocking entrance um, to a building that was doing something um, that – uh, you guys collectively perceived as unjust. Um, you know, I mean, it could have been the Fed, right? That's the way I I saw it, um, and uh, and and you know, was was uh, enthusiastically and vehemently fucking behind you guys when all that was going down. Um, where, you know, I I see, and and I. Believe and again apologize for sort of my um, noob noob like status uh, in the computer science world. But um, Lizard Squad, they they were either uh, taking over people's individual computers or they had just amassed such a large uh, gaggle of of followers and hangers on and roadies that um, they were actually using uh, people's computers with their knowledge. Um, so technically, I guess it's a little different. I don't, you know, I don't know how um, technically you guys did the, the DDoS. Um, I remember, I remember watching it back in the day, but I don't know exactly how you guys did it. But uh, um, I, I thought it was a little different, um, uh, like a little, a, a little less target or a little less sort of target specific and a little more um, uh, general, like you said, like standing in front of a door. But um, I guess those are, are legal aspects will lead to uh, a decade down the road or so. Um, yeah. If uh, um, Shadow the XS, are you 661? I'm not sure if Shadow is still here, but uh, Shadow the XS knows a shitload about networks and and uh, oh, yeah. he's still around. Yeah, I'd love, to, I'd love to get him in on this conversation. I am going to bring uh, Shin duo. Um, Shin, welcome to Third Rail Radio. Um, if you're still there, sorry to keep you uh, on hold. Um, oh, no, no. I was just listening to the opening. We are right all on, good. man. How are you tonight? Uh, a little under the weather, so I'll be self-muting so I can cough and blow my nose, but otherwise, you know, just hanging in there, watch a good episode of Arrow, and uh, uh, love to talk with uh, Josh Cavelli tonight. We always had a beer in Phoenix. 
Great to have both of you guys on here. And uh, um, I hope the trains and, and the tracks are treating you well, Shin. And, oh, they're busy tonight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right on. And, yeah, welcome uh, welcome to discussion. Um, and we're also going to bring on, I do believe that um, I found Shadow. And uh, and uh, Shadow, welcome to Third Rail Radio. You're on Josh and Shin. And uh, you heard. You heard me just kind of stumbling through. Uh, I, uh, I did. My... Um, I, I actually wanted yeah. to bring up a point about uh, about consequences of DDoS attacks. And while most people would assume that you know something like a digital sit-in is harmless for a lot of reasons, um, I like to uh, to point out the fact that a lot of people around the world, for that matter, uh, do depend on certain services uh, in order to obtain. Uh, you know, goods or services that they wouldn't be able to easily get on their own. PayPal, specifically, I have an interesting story attached to that. There's a girl, or was a girl, I should say, in Port Orange, Florida, which was the city right below Daytona where I lived in, who I knew very well, who uh, used to have her dad PayPal her money in order for her to receive her insulin shots. And, uh, Unfortunately, due to the fact that she was unable to receive money in an easy way for her obese father to not be able to leave the house and send something via Western Union or bank or whatever, um, he was unable to send his daughter necessary money in order for her to go get her prescription filled. And uh, unfortunately, she didn't make it when she went to the ER. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, like that guy in the, at the CCC was uh, trying to describe about. Uh, you know, the damage that you guys do when you do these types of things, it, you have to take in real-world uh, scenario into it. I mean, it's not just the realm of the digital. When, you know, digital crosses with real world, you know, you guys are doing a lot more than just standing in front of a building. It's the equivalent of standing in front of the ER and denying people entrance into a hospital. You know, you guys may have done what y'all thought was right, but in the end... um there was a lot of people that got affected by that, and that's why the FBI ended up getting involved with all this bullshit to begin with. It wasn't because PayPal said, oh, we lost money. We need we need vengeance. I mean, you guys had a huge impact. I mean, whether or not you guys specifically were the main cause for PayPal going down or there was, in fact, a hidden botnet from, say, Ryan of Lulsec back in the day, um, you know, you guys ultimately did – either A, successfully bring down PayPal, or B, contribute to bringing down PayPal, which caused a lot of people grief. But now, and, and you, I mean, you make a great point, um, and especially in the, the cyber world and, and your, your your hemisphere, um, you know, merges with uh, with with stuff that we have to do on an on an everyday basis. The sort of the daily uh, human routine um, now depends so much on uh, on computers and on the internet being functional. Yep. Uh, but but does, but okay. So when it snows, that's also a disruptive thing. People can't get to the hospital; they die. Really? Uh, but um, you know, the snow wasn't queued up by Lloyd. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was human interaction involved with, with PayPal. I mean, I, I understand what you're getting at with your analogy, but uh, ultimately, 
you know, protesting can only go but so far before, you know, it turns into a disruption of life. I mean, there, there's one thing between civil disobedience and you ultimately being a small cause as the reason why a girl was unable to get the medicine that she needed in order to stay alive. Now, I know that's not exactly what you want to hear, and it may be a bit, you know, uncomfortable to hear, but uh, yeah, facts are facts, man. I mean, it's not uncomfortable at all. It's part of life. It's it's something yeah. that we're all having to go through, and I made the decisions that I made that day to do what I did because I believe that that was the right decision. Do I feel regret that she died? Or do I feel regret to do what I did because she died? No. Do I feel bad that she died because of what I did? Yes. Well, I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to make this seem like it was specifically the PayPal 14's fault. I just wanted to give you guys a bit of, you know, perspective into, you know, what type of damage lies beyond just the network. I mean, yeah, maybe you guys are hogging up bandwidth. Maybe you guys are disrupting services. Big fucking whoop. That shit happens hundreds of thousands of times per second per day. So, I mean, I'm not specifically trying to give you or Vert or anybody associated, well, maybe Mercedes, but I mean, the rest of you guys, I'm not trying to give y'all hell for this. I, I just, I want you to take into consideration that some forms of civil protest, whatever the reason may be, can and most most of the time do interact with the quality of life for us as a planet. So the next time you guys decide to fire up your loik or whatever it is that you do, I'd strongly advise, and this goes out to anybody, not just specifically you guys, anybody who is ever able to listen to this broadcast. If you guys are to ever consider it again for civil disobedience, consider the people in your life and how that might affect them. I will definitely, yeah. I personally will definitely take that into consideration. Thank you, Shadow. And, yep. and I mean, Shadow, like, you you know, I you're mean, not making anyone feel uncomfortable. That's that's why why I, I want you on the show is, you you know, you call it like you see it. You call it ace and ace. Um, you know, and oh, I, a, I may like control, but I'm definitely not one for bullshit. No, nah, not at all. Right. And, you know, this is a good this is a good discussion. Now, if something happened in your world that, that you felt uh, you passionately against, um uh, how would you express your dissatisfaction um, if it was something system-oriented, you know, uh, government-oriented? Well, let, let me put it to you this way. I've been in and out of military school and boot camps. I've been homeless. I've been through a lot of shit in life. I have eaten with the richest, nicest people on my side of the U.S. I have hung out with hobos and drank their beer. You know, I, uh, I've had the best of both worlds. I've had a lot of culture in my life. And if there's one thing that all of the hardships in life have ever taught me is that if you were to fight against an enemy a lot larger than you, with none of its knowledge, none of its history, and none of its success, you are doomed to fail most times that you try. You may get lucky and succeed. You might get to brush the bully on the nose. You might get to embarrass him publicly a little bit. But unfortunately, that entity is typically more powerful than you can ever imagine. I've learned that if I have an issue with something, the best way to handle it is to do it like I treat people who I hate and loathe beyond any shadow of a doubt. And that is to befriend them, 
become their best friend in the whole world, do everything in my power to let them know that I'm there for them, essentially join the very system that I'm against. And when the opportunity arises where I will be able to cause as much damage as humanly possible, that is when I decide to flip script. Now, I'm a fond believer in not just knowing the enemy, but becoming your enemy. They say that you are the worst thing you'll ever have to fight. Well, if that's the case, and you have other enemies, why not become them as well? Why not learn to fight yourself in every aspect? Yeah, you welcome J Vab. J Vab Booter is now on 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 the live line for the live line. J Vab, it's been a minute. Welcome. What the hell is that noise? J speakers. He's out at the club. Oh, there you go. J Vab, we can hear you now. Hello. Hello. Jamie, yeah. you're on. What's up, man? How are you? Hi. Uh, well, this, 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 is, this is Chad out of New York. Oh, I hey. Think you how are you in New York? Per- how are you doing? Good. Good, good. I, I wasn't sure if you were expecting another person. I was. I did not <laughs> want to come on, but if you're expecting another person, I could wait longer. No, no, no way, Chad. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Third Rail Radio. Uh, you're on with Josh Cavelli. Um, Shadow DXS and Shin Duo, and uh, no, welcome to the show. Uh, this show's for everybody. We're talking. We're talking about, uh, okay. Uh, go well, I, I was just. Yeah, we're we're kind of on a delay. So uh, if I'm talking and you're talking at the same time, that's probably the reason why. Um, I just wanted to give you guys a a quick shot. I I was intrigued by your symbol on your Bly Talk radio profile, it's a circle with an A in the middle of it. Yeah. I, I, was, uh, yeah. I was just curious what that was. Um, <laughs> that is a, a, a symbol that represents uh, anarchy. Um, the green uh, represents sort of a subset of uh, of anarchist philosophy. Which is which has to which has to go to uh uh sort of you know relying more on uh, on yourself and and producing your own food and uh um you know kind of a, a back to the earth thing not so much hippie but you know getting your hands dirty growing some potatoes um so that that's what that means and anarchy essentially means nothing more or nothing less than uh um you know the fact that that you'll hold by not imposing your will upon any other, um, and you won't accept the imposition of anybody else's will on you. Um, right. And and that's that's pretty much what that A represents, is uh, that I have no wish to impose what I believe, nor do I expect anybody else to believe what I believe. My experiences are my own. What I see through my eyes are my own. My perceptions are my own. So why would I try to force that on somebody who has had a completely different experience and upbringing and seen through different eyes? That's not my job. That's my point. That's nobody's job. So if people try can to I do ask that, you, you don't go fuck themselves. Yeah, let me ask you this question. Are, would you consider yourself an atheist? 
Um, yeah, I'm an atheist. I'm an atheist. You are okay. Uh, well, I'm uh, uh, maybe I'm a, a bit of more of an agnostic, a chicken shit atheist. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, 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 I believe in some sort of uh, greater power. I think that, that there's something uh, out there that's, that's bigger than all of us, but I also believe that power um, uh, binds us all. And uh, I believe that we, we are all created in the image of God and um, that we are all, me like you, are all gods. Um and uh, so, so that's my religion. Okay, well, I, I am a Christian. I appreciated the uh, gentleman who was uh, just speaking a moment ago. Oh, I hear myself echoing in the background. Not sure who that is. Are you speaking on headset, or are you speaking into a microphone with speakers? I'm on my Bluetooth headset. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. That sometimes you'll get a little a little echo there. Um, oh, okay. But anyway, so uh, back to the uh, um, to sort of the uh, discussion about uh, the efficacy of um, of practicing civil disobedience. Um, and this is for shadow, this question is for for Shadow and uh, and Josh. Um, is the, is there is there any way? Um, to exercise uh, your right um, to protest something peacefully you don't agree with um, from from a computer, Shadow, or Josh. Josh, do you want to go first? Or do you you want me to? Oh no, go ahead, man. All right. Well, if I was to use a PC for any means, um, It'd have to be for organizing, uh, not necessarily a protest, but a movement itself, one that would uh, would follow the letter of the law for the sole purpose of getting closer into the system to make sure that my voice goes beyond just a, a brief moment in media or you know attention on the streets. I would want to actually be able to take action, whether it be taking small steps through my local community and thus getting involved with the city and then the county and then the state and then federal government and so on and so forth. I believe that there is a process, a process that was placed there for a reason. I believe to, that we should utilize our government put forth by our founding forefathers and those that have succeeded them in, in the past. Uh, in order to use that system to our advantage. We, the people, have that power. And a lot of people are under the impression that their voices and their votes don't matter. But here's the thing. They do. You can deny it as much as you'd like, but everybody who does participate makes a difference one way or another. You may not always get the results that you want, but that's why they call it a campaign. You have to run. You have to fight. You have to do everything in your power to succeed or you try again. Damn shadow, dropping knowledge. Um, I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more about um, I, you know the the issue of voting. We'll, we'll we can take that discussion up on another day. But what I what I absolutely agree. What I absolutely agree. I'm used to you. Is that Shin? What I absolutely do agree on you is I think that one of the big problems with our political system um, isn't isn't actually the political system, even though it has enough problems on its own, um, but it is 
the fact that um, we live in such an entitled culture and such an entitled society that um, when people don't get their way through participating in the system, um, uh, that, that there's sort of a temper tantrum brat reaction. Um, You're absolutely right. I mean, that's a, that's a very shameful fact of society. Um, unfortunately, it hasn't been going on for just one or two generations, but it's been going on for quite some time. Um, you know, when when Congress and, you know, House and everybody decides to act on certain things and uh, the public has a, an uproar over it, whether it be something, you know, detrimental to the society like our fiscal budget or something superfluous as gay marriage uh, being – uh, allowed or banned in certain states, um, you know, it's uh, it, it, uh, it's something that can tear the nation in half, politically speaking. But uh, a lot of people will become more prone to protesting, whether it be through action in the street or civil disobedience elsewhere, you know, like PDOS attacks, for example, um, if they don't get their way. And it's it's, it's a terrible response and shows poor sportsmanship. I mean, th- th- you got to understand this is politics. You know, if you are to fight in a system like this, you have to expect there may be another party out there that's going to whoop your ass, you know, and you got to get ready for that. You know, it's, uh, it's not always, well, we voted, so why didn't it happen? Well, yeah. And I think it's part and parcel, like with this, with this whole, um, uh, and I think this is this is newer. This is sort of this is newer than than um, you know that sense of Western entitlement. But um, you know it's it, it's analogous to uh, this uh, philosophy that that you know in things as simple as little league sports and stuff that there's no losers that everybody wins. Right. Uh, you know well, even think if of you get. We we have nations over in, across the pond, so to speak. Uh, Libya, great point here. They protested for the sole purpose of rebelling against their own government and uh, what essentially was more of a cartel than it was a military um, in order to gain freedom and certain civil liberties that they felt they were not being afforded, and they were working towards – creating a better lifestyle for themselves. Unfortunately, the greed and corruption in that country was so powerful that words alone would not reach. And you know, it, they took it upon themselves to act. Granted that they had help and you know, I'm grateful that they did succeed despite the fact they were extremely bloody about the situation. You know, sometimes it's understandable that words uh are not going to get the point across. You know, sometimes you got to throw stones. But unfortunately, our nation is not a nation of necessarily great want or great need, I should say. It's more great want. People want change, and they want to cry about it when it doesn't happen. Yep. Well, well said. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it, it is. We have we we have a, a culture of adults when. They don't get their way, or they lose. They take their ball and they go home. Instead of saying, yeah. "Let's run that back. Let's play again." You know, I want to get my fair up. They take the ball and they go home and kick the 
fucking rocks on the way. Um, we, we we have no adults in our culture. Um, no, the, last the best way to, the best way to compliment that is uh, through the presidency uh, presidential campaigns that have been recently run from John McCain and uh, what the hell's his name Mitt Romney. Uh, both both campaign runners. Despite the fact that they lost, they didn't say the tap the typical well. There's always next term. Uh, instead, they took towards attack against their opponent, and it was very shameful. You know, as somebody who more often than not has agreed with a lot of Republicans in the past, I found it quite embarrassing that they took this approach and pretty much just shut down and said, "No, we're going to stick our fingers in our ears and go na 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 every time you open your mouth." You know, it's uh. I'm not necessarily looking for writing. I'm sorry, go ahead. I I mean, it's just, it's no way to run a country, is it? No, I mean, I'm not necessarily looking for bipartisanship between, you know, both parties, but at least work together for the greater good of the entire nation. I mean, don't intentionally block everything that comes through for the sole purpose of pissing off the other party. And that goes for both the president and uh, the Republicans that are trying to fight against him. You know, it's not it's not a one way street here. Well, and I have a question right. though. If they're willing to do that to their own parties or to their to the people they're going against, what makes it what makes uh, anybody think that they're going to listen to the um, people they represent that aren't agreeing with them or uh, have that's the thing. Uh, disagreement with their thing? They haven't done that. I mean, they have gone out of their way to uh, to do what it is that you know they're major backers or super PACs have, you know, asked of them, you know, most of them don't really care either way who it is they represent so long as they have the seat in office. That's what they truly care about. And that's why I do praise our political system right there. And while that may sound weird to you, I just want you to hear me out. We have in our power the ability to elect new individuals, not just for the presidency, but for, you know, Congress and all kinds of shit. You know, if we research and actually get involved in the political process, you know, deeply to make sure that our vote goes as you know the long mile that it should, you know, we will have the ability to change what type of people go in and who does represent us to make sure that they're not influenced by, you know, third parties per se, whether it be a multinational corporation or whoever. You know, um not everybody's right. corrupt. That, well, that sounds awesome for me and you and the people who are listening to the show who do research and things like that. But what about the 80% of the rest of the country that don't vote? How do you get them to actually want to pay attention or to give a damn about the guy that's representing them? Most of the time, they just want to sit in their house, go to work, watch the movies, go home, and do their thing. How do you get them to care? That, that's very understandable, but I mean, if you really want to reach out to the masses who, you know, neglect to vote and neglect to exercise their rights, if they have the ability to, you don't necessarily need to manipulate anybody. Just shed the truth on and say, hey, look, if you're not satisfied with this, this, and this, well, there are people who agree with you, and we're willing to work to fight with this, but we're going to need everybody's help. And try to just encourage them. You can't really force people to vote, but you can at least try to talk to people and talk to your neighbors, your family. Friends, why I tell you right. what, Shadow, uh, you, you, like you're you, you're doing a pretty good job selling the thing, and you should you should talk to people. 
uh, and I'm not, I'm not being tongue in cheek. I'm, I'm curious. Um, I, Josh and I had an interesting little uh, uh, brief conversation last night about empathy and apathy. Um, and another thing that that um, our culture seems to breed um, with much more success uh, than the, the preferred alternative um, is apathy. Um, and I, I often joke that um, you know, who in the wide world of sports is that? And I, you know, I often joke that like, okay, you know that nothing in this uh, nothing in this country will um, uh, you know change until cable is shut off. And that's a joke, but at the same time, um, it's not really. As, as Josh pointed out, um, the majority of people in this country um, find uh, the political system um, creates too much anxiety for them to participate in. There's too many contradicting messages being put out by even people of the same side. Um, so, uh, it, it, you know, it 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 kind of uh, incubates. Um, uh, like a shutoff switch um, in the brain where um, you don't want to participate in something that's so divisive. Um, sure. You know, but, uh, like like you had said, you know, it takes a tra- uh, it takes a terrible thing in order to move a nation. You know, I mean, we uh, we as a society were quite comfortable before nine eleven, and we were, you know, not really too cautious about our security and things like that. But <clears throat> you know, when uh when something moves a nation, it uh, it can greatly sway a political process almost overnight. People are willing to sacrifice a great deal of their comforts in order to achieve a sense of what they're missing. So is that is that are, is what they're missing uh, uh, simply a, like a, a void in their head that is filled? By the narrative of the system um, that's trying to get them to to move collectively in a certain uh, direction, now, like with about, nine, like with, if you if you if you grew up here in the United States, chances are you were told by your parents, your teachers, your friends, family, adults, and respected ones all together that America was the greatest nation on earth. It was programmed into your head as a kid. All of your friends knew it. You celebrated Fourth of July with fireworks and hot dogs. You uh, you went to state fairs and you were used to certain luxuries that uh, you thought most people on Earth didn't have. You were told that you were the best simply because you were an American. Now imagine growing up as a kid and slowly realizing that we're not number one in everything. In fact, we're number one in very little things in the world. There's, that, there are students out there that have greater education, that are more intelligent than us, by the numbers alone. I mean, th- there's several things that we really suck at, actually. And as time progressed and you got older and older, you simply started to realize that everybody's kind of full of shit. And then you stop caring about it for a while, then you get comfortable with your day-to-day life, and you go about your business. Until something terrible happens, like 9-11. It's a great example to go to because it's the most recent one in our history. Um, when something like that happens, people go, oh, my God, 
we're vulnerable to attack. I don't feel safe. I got to pull my kids out of school. I got to get my family to a bunker and do all kinds of shit in order to protect myself. And here comes Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam goes, hey, remember, we're still America. And as Americans, we have to pull together to fight this god-awful shit. And uh, USA, go us. We're number one. And everybody goes, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, we are number one. Let's kick their ass. And they'll go throughout their business thinking that the military's got our back. Our government's watching out for us. You know, we may have to sacrifice a few comforts like, you know, privacy at the airport and shit like that. But we don't want another terrorist to slip through the cracks and blow up another building. I mean, you got to remember, they also attacked, supposedly, I don't know if you're part of this conspiracy or whatever. Um, they didn't just blow up trade towers that day. Yeah. You go ahead, Sorry. Shadow. Sorry, I was I was I was just joking that that's that's another show. Another nine eleven okay. show. Yeah, yeah. But uh anyways, um you know, it wasn't just the World Trade Towers that were attacked that day. People seem to forget there was a huge hole missing out of the nation symbol of security itself. The Pentagon had pictures of an entire wing fucking missing. Now, regardless as to whether or not there was a picture of the plane or whatever, it doesn't matter. What we saw was the Pentagon got hit. Out of all fucking places on Earth, the Pentagon was had a bite taken out of it. On top of all of the shit that we saw live from the World Trade Towers, that was enough to fuck with the nation to the point where they were willing to lay down what little security they had as masses that didn't vote and say, do what you got to do, kick them terrorists ass. So, you know, it's uh, and that's a very scary, interesting isn't it? fucked I mean, up that, road. That, that, that people don't want to look into a situation more than just, oh, shit, we need to fuck somebody up. Not well, saying that we didn't, those, we didn't those to, that do look. Those that do look are considered to be conspiracy theorists or assholes or unpatriotic or you know terrorist sympathizers or supporters. They get all of these labels attached to them just because they're questioning shit. Shadow, you are an interesting cat, man. Like, here's here's the thing. Like, no matter no matter what, like, what 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 specific angle we we all came out of 9-11 from, uh, you know, and how we all met in this little corner of, of uh, you know, the, the cyberverse. Uh, it, 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 they, have, they have something to do with another and how quickly um, that sense of uh, the capacity of the government to be able to deliver any um, authentic security, how quickly that uh, um, sort of uh, false facade crumbled. And, uh, right on. you know, how fast some of us realized that if anything, uh, this was uh, an, an absurd uh, example of, uh, of incompetence by uh, the government that now is promising us safety. Um, and, and, right. You know, well, hey, I don't so, mean to. 
I don't mean to trail on down the what ifs of you know society itself. No, I, 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 I know. Of uh, of what we would do for civil disobedience, and unfortunately, Josh has had a time to speak or give an answer or rebuttal of anything. So, yeah, and and uh, I, I definitely um, let you know, Josh, if you're if you're still with us, um, you know, I, I think that that probably our our opinions about nine eleven uh, align, but I mean. You know, as what Rahm Emanuel said, you know, never let a uh, a catastrophe go to waste. Um, you know, that works both ways. I think, like Shadow was saying, um, it did spurn people in a lot of different directions. Some joined the military. Some um, sort of more the way I think saw the uh, the emperor without any clothing um, and realized what what a scam the whole thing was. Um, you know, and not, you know, how did that affect like your perception and in getting involved in activism at all? Mr. Covelli? I'm here. Uh, sorry about that. I don't know why that was. Yeah, you're, you're back live. Yeah, did that have any effect on uh on you getting involved in activism, uh, you know, and, and kind of becoming aware of, of what was really going on? 9-11 and such? Yeah. Um, and, 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 and even more importantly, more apt, uh, you know, the, uh, um, the apparatus that's been wrapped around the since then. Um, for me, it started when I was in high school, a teacher that I had, um, who taught, uh, government and sociology and things like that. Um, he taught us, uh, conspiracy theories, uh, before I was 16, 17. I did never heard a conspiracy theory before. So he started talking about moon landings, how supposedly they were faked and all this other good stuff. And... Uh, he went to the JFK assassination, um, and I didn't necessarily believe the things he was saying. I didn't believe the conspiracies, but it started me thinking that whatever we're being told may not be the truth. Something seems like it could be off. Uh, what these guys are saying is not illogical. Like, they make sense. Um, so why don't we go into more of those things? Um, and then the more I would question, the more people would look at me funny. And why are you even asking that? Don't you believe this is the truth? The government's not going to lie to you kind of look. And I'm just like, okay, though something's going on. Um, So after high school, I didn't really do anything. Traveled around the country. Kind of like Shadow's story a little bit, man. I I dined with rich people. I sat with poor folks. I've done a little bit of everything. Um, Obviously, I didn't get the same experience Shadow did. We were both two different people. Um, but then 9-11 happened and not the 9-11 or not, uh, that it happened. I started getting into, um, looking into 9-11 and, uh, what had happened around that time and NORAD's really slow response to things and, uh, why the FBI wasn't at work that day and things like that. And I'm not saying that who pulled the trigger on what, but things look suspicious on 9-11. I'm not going to deny that. Um, But, yeah, so a lot of my activism and stuff came from uh, high school 
and just starting my thought process of why things are this way and questioning just everything. Now, was this teacher teaching conspiracy theory as like a, a form of media, um, or was he was he teaching it as an as a as a actual possible alternative uh, explanation for why things happen? Uh, an, an alternative explanation. So look at something else as as something uh, a, a different way, basically. Yeah. Like so, he was actually teaching you critical thinking. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And uh, the year before I had his class, actually, he had tried to run for governor of Ohio, uh, failed miserably, um, was actually on, like, the Today Show and things like that, but just wasn't able to garner the support uh, to go anywhere. But, um, but yeah, he, he was definitely a, a very successful guy. Did he run as a Democrat? Um, Did he run as a independent? Right on. Oh, that's cool. Cool teacher. Good teachers are, uh, fuck, man, they're, uh, it's incredible how how critical they are um, to whether an individual succeeds or fails, um, and uh, we pay them so little heed in this culture. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and that's, um, that's sort of evolved into an unfortunate uh, cycle um, of, you know, the, the degradation of the profession um, into one relegated uh, in the same sort of uh, category as, uh, you know, a domestic uh, worker um, where in reality they're, they're shaping the, you know, the minds of, of people's uh, children. That, that always baffles me. Um, Most definitely. And well, this is the thing. And and uh, to go back to a couple of Shadow's points about uh, us being able to vote and having the powers that we do and whatnot, um, I believe we can get a lot of that stuff back if we can just get the education to let people know how things work, to teach kids, to teach teenagers, to teach kids in college exactly how things work and what's going on. Um, it, it just seems like people who are coming out of school have little to no idea about what to do other than to get a job and work. And um, then you see people who are what they call awakening or from their sleep and all that good stuff, but they're just learning knowledge and they're finding out things that they were told were truths before. So, I mean, if if we could educate people from sooner than later, I think we could get a jump start on half, if not more, of our problems. Yeah, it's incredible what what damage those dark ages did um, to Western civilization to this day. The forgotten knowledge, um, you know, both uh, empirical, mathematical, scientific, but also uh, the Gnostic um, and uh, the metaphysical. Um, yeah, I, I agree. You know, we've 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 forgotten who we are. Um, the education piece. Uh, my my wife is the principal of a um, of a small private school. Um, just goes to sixth grade, um, and uh, there's 60 students or so. But it's an incredible little school, um, and uh, you, you know the difference between. Um, 
and of course I'm biased, but the difference between uh, uh, what the kids um, at her school get on a day-to-day um, as opposed to what the, the kids, um, and this is not to fault the teachers, but more to sort of the curriculum and, and the apparatus. Um, and and uh, fault maybe isn't the right word, but just to point out, um, and what, what kids get at the public schools uh, in Vermont, and Vermont's public schools are quite good, in fact, um, is, is really, um, it, the contrast is stark. Um, oh, yeah, know, and, and, definitely. Um, so interesting point, uh, you know, bring it full circle. Like I said, man, seeing you up at the, on that podium, um, giving that lecture, I was like, man, Josh could definitely fucking, I don't know, teach like ethics and, in uh, uh, computer science or something. But, uh, well, if you, um, to answer, uh, the question stated before, um, what would I do as with the computer? I think was the question. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, that kind of, I think that is uh, where I would like to go. I think uh, my experiences in um, seeing uh, how damage, um, whether you see it as damage, uh, it it doesn't do, it doesn't have the effectiveness that you wish it did. It doesn't send the message that you wish it did. So from now or from my experiences learning all that from now on, I just want to create things. I want to uh, make a new app of some sort that will maybe help encrypt something or maybe help send messages across something or get people to network, maybe help get a Raspberry Pi type of technology over to countries who can barely afford a computer of some sort or, you know, try to get, um, like, uh, me and, uh, Keith uh, started uh, freeyet.tk, which is a .tk. I know we're trying to get another domain added to it instead. Um, but we put up uh, prisoners and their countdowns and links to their information and donation pages so you can learn about the people who are in prison and nearly forgotten about um, and why they're there and what uh, they did um, or what they've done so far while they've been in prison. So I just think education and trying to create instead of destroy, really. Uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, it's interesting. I've, I've, uh, I've come to the same, you know, conclusion. Uh, is that, that's my echo. Uh, but the same conclusion over the last several months, uh, and, uh, you know, just realized, confronted the fact that you, you really can't um, destroy something something while while simultaneously trying to build it up. Um, you know, with right. the other hand, that's just not um, that's not uh, a realistic expectation. Um, the way physics and, and the forces of the of the universe work. Um, uh, you know, I've come to that conclusion, um, and uh, I. I you know, I I'm like I've mentioned a couple times. Uh, you know, at this point, this computer thing um, to me is still completely new. Being a little bit older than most of you guys, and and being a, a cook, um, if I had kids, um, without forcing them, um, 
I would hope that they went into computer science. Um, uh, the potentials that I see for the synthesis of uh, these machines um, across all uh, planes of human human existence um, are so underestimated um, uh -huh. by all all but a few people. Um, you know, uh, not to get too on the transhumanist uh, trip, but um, uh, I watched a, a, a movie I liked. I know some people uh, didn't like it, but uh, Automata, um, which uh, is, is a movie basically about the two protocols of artificial intelligence um, and robots, one being that they're not allowed to alter e each other in any fashion, and two being... Um, and not necessarily in that order, but two being that they're not allowed to uh, allow uh, any harm to come to uh, a human being. Um, and there's actually a um, third law, but I can't remember what it is. Yeah, I, and and they address that briefly in the movie that that the artificial intelligence who designed or 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 kind of reiterated the two laws. Um, had uh, mitigated that one for some reason. Um, but oh. if you haven't seen the movie, it's pretty interesting because um, uh, just sort of the the way they address the evolution of consciousness and the way it relates um, to uh, this obviously exponentially growing um, uh, different, not... Um, not not lesser but different form of uh, of thinking machine um, is excellent. Uh, there's a line um, where one of the one of the more uh, evolved automata um, uh, responds to the uh, to the uh, statement um, "You're just a machine" um, with uh, "You're just a monkey." Um, it's pretty fucking spot on. Um, yep. But anyway, so uh, about uh, what do we have left in the show? Um, I don't, I don't know if Shadow's still with us. I know, I know yeah, Shadow's right. Uh, what do you think about all that? This sort of, you know, where, where, where this whole, um, where this new, new thinking machine is heading? Like, I mean, it's clearly a huge part of your life. Um, you're quite talented at it. Um, I, I, you pay the bills with it. Um, uh, do you see it like as an extension of uh, human capacity, or just just a tool like a shovel? Well, they say that um, my computers or technology in general is only as intelligent as the dumbass that made it. So you have to take that, that into can that change, like with can that change, like with Moore's law, or or you know, Ray Kurt, what Ray Kurzweil, you know, says when when machines will become self-aware, or I well, mean, here's the thing: if you want to talk about about uh, synthetic intelligence genuinely taking a purpose and in, uh, in life and becoming a reality, um, we are a long long ways away from that. Yes, we have supercomputers that can query up information faster than we can get undressed, but that doesn't necessarily imply intellect or self-cognizance. Um, in order for a machine to become 
responsive in that fashion. We as a species would first have to understand every aspect of ourselves. Now, medically speaking, we are improving every day. However, when it comes to the brain itself, we cannot even successfully map an, an insect's mind or a rat in a laboratory or various other creatures that we have poked and prodded and tried to shove electrical impulses through and tried to manipulate in every fashion. We are, figuratively speaking, light years from any type of autonomous intellect that was developed by human beings. So is it possible? Absolutely. Are we close to it? Not even by a long shot. We are still in the archaic ages of regulating our own connectivity to the world itself. We don't even know what we as a species want. We still have nations censoring information. We still have nations that are regulating uh, how much information you're allowed to access, things like that. Until we as a species can get on the same page, we will never fully understand ourselves. And before we ever try to create AI number one, we have to understand how we work. Because that's what it is. That's what we're going to be judging it by. Artificial intelligence is an imitation on life. We cannot imitate what we don't know. And we've proven that with various things. It took took us, what, you know, 200 years of the dawn of westernized civilization. Then uh, uh, we finally learned how to fly. You know, and then look how much it's evolved since the Wright, the Wright brothers. We still don't well, have I, perfect world. Well, first of all, you just you just blew my mind, brother. Because that that is a great a great point. Um, how could we? How could something to be considered intelligent, artificial or not, when it's based upon uh, a model that that doesn't even understand its own surroundings? Um, well, that, think that, about this: if if we were to successfully create an artificial intelligence. It would not be as simple as turning it on for the first time and, I'm sorry, Dave, I can't let you do that. No, it's much like how we interpret programming languages here and now. First, it's going to start off really, really rough. I mean, we're talking basic machine interface to, you know, essentially what will be the embryo of said AI. And then we get on to more complex languages that teach it certain things like cell growth or whatever the equivalent of that would be. Then we get on to the actual birthing process. We have to teach it to open its eyes, to play peekaboo, to do things like that. And then we get on to simpler things like scripting languages, such as Python or whatever, where we can literally say, all right, you're old enough now to understand when I tell you go to bed, that you know that you're supposed to go to the bathroom, take a shower, brush teeth, comb your hair, Go put on your PJs, go climb into bed, and then lay down and go to sleep. But AI is going to be a process. It's not going to instantly become aware in the fashion of I have to conquer and destroy all biological entities on this planet. Right. <laughs> it's going to be like a child. In order for us to successfully create synthetic intelligence, we have to raise it as if we would any other human being. And when it tries to produce more of itself – i.e. take its digital version of genetic code and implant it into a new essence, 
then and only then will we have created synthetic intelligence. It's not just a sense of being aware. It's a sense of survival and adaptation, which are the two main ingredients to evolution. Right on. Uh, now, what what about if you take away sort of like the the biosynthesis of it and go strictly on um, uh, the capacity of a chip and um, the processing capacity? You'll never have it. You will never. never it. No, there's no way that we can synthesize what makes what us. Logical to the point where we are able to assess the world around us and think for ourselves and feel. Now, I'm not saying that we can't put an AI into the form of a, of a robot per se, but uh, we you cannot build artificial intelligence. You have to grow it. That's my point. And it doesn't necessarily have to be bionic or bioorganic. It it needs to be an imitation of such. You could have a network filled with billions and billions of neurons that emulate emulate excuse me the human brain in every way so long as it does everything that our brain does then and only then will we be able to create any form of a consciousness now we could build an ai based off of that structure but it would still be based off of our biology which we don't really even understand. I mean, we understand no, how the heart no. works. We understand we, how we are just are. now getting to the point where we are understanding cell mutation. We are getting to the point where we are starting to understand conditions of of one of the most vital organs in our body that pumps over what eight eighty liters a day or eight hundred liters. I forget. Um, you know, well, we we don't so little about we, our we about and that. Um, you know, uh, when they when it was first mapped, um, you know, they said, okay, there's what six, sixteen active uh, sixteen active uh, gene slots, and the rest seem to be dormant, and and they don't do anything. And and every year they figure out what three or four or five actually do, and they're important in your oh, yeah. I mean, look, look at look at our oceans and look at the space around our planet when. We as a society are able to grow and evolve and our technology gets stronger and our understanding gets better. We just recently discovered that there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of exoplanets that could potentially harbor life within our own galaxy, not just in other galaxies neighboring by. I'm talking here in the Milky Way. We are expanding our view of the observable universe by light years every day. And well, I'm going to open a can of worms for a different show because you just hit something and then and then um and I want right, to well, get Josh's I'll go back I want to get then. Um, opinion on this sorry. too but that's part of the optimism for somebody like me who uh you know who looks at uh the the possibility of using um, emerging technology is a stepping stone to a more profound existence on the planet. Um, at the rate at which we're discovering things now, um, like you mentioned, uh, you know, how many hundreds of thousands of years did it take uh, bipedal, uh, you know, Homo Homo sapiens 
to uh, fly a plane, and since that first plane flew in the field of North Carolina, now we have ships that fucking can harpoon a comet um, flying how many hundreds of thousands of miles. Um, like that, like that, uh, that jump from uh, the Wright brothers um, to to what we're flying now, um, and taken as a slice of human history, like that uh, acceleration of innovation is staggering. Um, and if it continues to uh, increase, like in an exponential level, and uh, this is definitely more like the existential side of the conversation as opposed to like your technical um, assessment. Um, but, you know, per- perhaps because, I mean, if we're just relying on our monkey brains who like can't even get out of a, a fucking, you know, uh, a room without getting into a yelling match with somebody, then it seems bleak. Um, and, you know, maybe that's putting too much uh value on technology and computers or it's just a cynical viewpoint of humanity. I'm not sure which. Um, you know, but I do know um, that a point Josh made about, uh, and I, I think this is like an ethos you hold, Shadow, is uh, that creating something, because I know you've been working on something for quite some time now, um, creating something and, and building something up um, is certainly uh, more advantageous um than than destroying or tearing something down. Um, thoughts? I um I agree. I mean, uh, if if you were to work to create, um, whether it be you know an application or a service or something that you know we as society can utilize to benefit um, ourselves as a as a species at whole, um, you are exponentially doing more greater good than any civil disobedience. You are rising above the the chaos that is introduced into our society whenever our government makes a fucked up play or throws caution to the wind and decides to mismanage its power. You know, you're, you're causing less of an uproar when you try to make a, a circus out of you know, these people's events and try to show the world how fucked up and evil they are. But when you rise above it and do everything in your power to show, look, they may have done this, but, you know, we will move on. We can do better than this. We as a society can pull together and say, fuck those guys. We don't need them. I mean, look at look at religion. You know, I, I respect all religions as themselves. I don't necessarily believe that they are by any means a law that needs to be followed. However, more and more people are turning from religion every generation. It's starting to get to the point where a lot of places are enforcing separation of church and state. And it's it's becoming more prone to scientific achievement and advancement and technological growth, bio, uh, biomedical and pharmaceutical growth, the more that we separate ourselves from what if and focus on what can be, we as a society only seem to benefit from it. Now, I'm not saying that we need to reject all ideology. It's just a matter of 
picking and choosing when it's appropriate. You know, for example, um, there's a lot of spiritual enlightenment to be found in a lot of texts, you know, like uh, the Bible or even the Quran or Torah. It's all about how you as an individual perceive it. And if you are willing to be tolerant to these things, then you will have a better time trying to grow as a human being and do better for the society and leave behind a powerful legacy. Well, I'm glad this show gets archived, man, because uh, you've dropped some knowledge tonight. Um, and uh, we've got we've got two minutes left. Um, and uh, yeah, it's well said. Um, Shadow, it's always a pleasure, man. Josh, are you still with us, brother? Yep, I'm still here. Um, well, we have about a minute fifty left. What uh, what's what's next on your plate? You're gonna continue taking it day by day. We're gonna we're gonna chat. Um, but uh, God, uh, really exciting stuff happening. Your wife is is you got the bag packed, the little like ready to go bag and everything. Oh yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Yeah, I'm just right, making out day by day. That's how I try to do it. I try to find work when I can get it. Hopefully, secure an actual job sooner than later. Well, well, um, when I say I put that baby drops, man, like uh, the way I understand it, and I have personal experience with it, but it's like somebody just pins the gas pedal to the fucking floor, um, and time just zooms. Uh, so. Hold on to your hat, but uh, uh, what a pleasure to have you on. Um, I, you know, um, excuse me for getting on my soapbox for a bit, um, but I encourage uh, you to continue doing things. Um, and and Mercedes, uh, she was excellent also, um, but to continue doing things uh, like you did in Germany, um, I feel I feel a little silly not knowing that that was the chaos. Uh, um, but I do know who they are and, and have read uh, about uh, about their history. So that was clearly a really significant talk, um, and, and you guys did great. Um, and, uh, you know, I wish you nothing but the best of luck and, um, you know, on to bigger and better things, my No. Y'all are still a bunch of faggots, and um, hope y'all have a good night. Yeah, man. You too? Josh, thank you so much. And uh, Shadow, thank you so much. Uh, that was an excellent show. I'm going to take us out with a little tune. And I think uh, I think I survived without Dalek after a little bit. Uh, we missed him, and thanks to all the listeners. And uh, everybody, be good. Be good to each other. Thank you very much. And Revolution Radio, Saturday, big stuff coming. Look Peace.